Good morning. Everyone doing well? Y'all look really good. I don't think you probably looked quite this well yesterday, but uh, we're moving forward. We, we're celebrating Advent. We've got candles up on the stage. Anytime you can come to church and light something on fire, that's pretty exciting. Um, this goes way back for me. Um, the history, I'm, I'm not as old as the history, but in the fourth and fifth century, the church very deliberately said, we need to teach more from the gospel of Luke and Matthew in this Advent season on the arrival of Jesus. So they began some very strong teaching at that time that's, that's gone through the ages. But Candle showed up in 1839. There was a Lutheran pastor in Germany, and he felt like, let's, let's bring some candles into this with some symbolism so people can remember the teaching better. Um, and then when I was in the Methodist church, I was an acolyte. Does anyone know what an acolyte is? You come in and in a procession and light all the candles. And I remember when they showed up, that was a big thing. And I was told, you can't light those candles, you know, but you've got to make sure they go out afterwards. Because in the Methodist church, um, they would buy these big candle sets and they were different colors. And so they were fairly expensive. So you got three, four, five years out of where of those candles before you had to buy the whole new set and that created a problem with the first candle the hope candle which was blue in the Methodist church because you had to time it just right or the blue candle would go out and I remember uh, and so I was told by the committee over the Christmas thing that after the service you know you put all the other candles out but then sit down and wait for the, everyone to get out and then come up and put make sure you put the candles out especially the hope candle I was in third grade and there was two times it burned all the way through Sunday school and it's the first one lit so unfortunately on Christmas it got a little low and the hope candle went out on Christmas day and I felt really responsible for that so we're going to start and I don't know if I trust Darren and Tyler with what's going to happen here and the reason why is I probably would have done something to them on the last week you know or, or one of the Sundays so so we're going to start with this hope candle and which actually um, it was actually the prophecy all the prophecies in the Old Testament came together Jesus the second one is the the faith candle uh, and it actually is the Bethlehem candle how Mary and Martha there was this journey of faith that they really needed to to move forward and then the next one was a shepherd candle Tyler taught on this it was joy last week and what's really weird is hearing it all that much I really had forgotten that because as a kid I would just stare at the candles you know but today we're going to be talking about what they call the angel candle the candle of peace and let me just ask this. Has anyone had their peace rattled this year? Just want to see, just kind of wave your hands and say, hey. How many people have had their peace rattled this week? I know I have. I know I have. And I almost felt guilty about coming up here because I'm thinking, wow, this was a hard week. There was a lot of things that rattled my peace. And this message is going to address that. It's not only going to help you, but it's going to help me. Um, they say as you age, you are more reflective, uh, you know, and you kind of look back a little bit. When we were young or when I was young, you're kind of looking forward. And the big thing before you, which way should I go? You know, should I go this way or that way? A lot of opportunities and choices, and you're looking at which way should I go? Who should I marry? What kind of job? And you're looking at which way you should go. But as you get older, you look back and you think, 
did I go the right way? And sometimes you see these areas where you got off track maybe with God or with life or you see areas where you go in circles or you see areas that is kind of unique. You see times that you think, how in the world did I get through that time? And you realize there was a God that was there protecting me. And this is kind of going to be a word picture that we're going to use throughout this morning when I was in about first grade one of my favorite places to go on vacation was at Doctor's Inlet my uncle had bought some acreage up against Doctor's Inlet which was off of the St. John's River it was about three to six hundred acres of water in there and his was the first house and this was before a lot of regulations so he built the A-frame house he had a dock that went out 200 feet, built an A-frame house, built a deck around it. Uh, my other uncle actually brought in a cabin cruiser, a wooden cabin cruiser, and I thought it was the coolest place on the planet. But when it got dark, if there weren't clouds, it was dark. You couldn't see your hand. And then not only that, there was a lot of stuff out there in this boonie, boonie place. Uh, I remember uh, one day when, when we came out there, there was this ball of snakes. They were just all over. And I remember, and they were moccasins. I remember my uncle quickly got a shotgun and he got most of them. You know, he shot in there and got most of them. But at nighttime, my other uncle would come and they talk stories about seeing, you know, the Florida bear and the Florida panther. And, and then he would take his big spotting scope and go around the corners of this lake. And you could just see alligators all over. You know, their eyes glow. And, and they say alligator, if it's one inch apart, it's a 12-inch alligator. And if it's two inches, you know, two feet and so forth. And there were some alligators that were more than 12 inches. There was one alligator we always called George. He was over 13 feet, big alligator. So needless to say, as a first grader, our family was really tight, especially at nighttime. You know, I wanted to stick out with mom and dad. But about once a week when we were there, we'd stay maybe 10 days. They, I would need a bath. They would think, Van, Van needs a bath. So my uncle's house was on this acreage through this trail that a truck could kind of drive through. We'd have to walk up to and I'd go with my dad. And man, I was close to my dad. I want to stay in that circle of light. You know, lots of times if he let me, you know, he would, I would say, dad, please hold me, you know, and he had that lantern and he'd be holding me. And I stopped that after a while, about 16 or 17, I started walking by myself. <laughs> but we, we would go up that way, but there was something about being next to my father, walking within that light, I felt so safe. I felt relaxed about it. You know, I think my dad also carried a gun. You know, that was another thing that you carried up there. But I, I felt so safe about that. And, and that's the same way, and we're going to take this analogy through this morning, walking in the light, walking that way where you're in the light with your father. There's a peace. There's a safety about that. But outside of that, there is really a danger. I knew not to wander off. And I've spent a better part of my ministry dealing with people that, you know, were away from God. And some of the things that take place are, are really tough. Something that also happens when you lose peace and you get into fear, worry, and anxiety is sometimes stuff can scare us stupid. And sometimes that scare is sometimes even worse than the event that takes place. How many people have been scared stupid? Yeah, yeah, I know in Florida, we had two spiders. One was a banana spider because it looked like a bright yellow banana and it would build quite the web. The other was a zipper spider. Have you ever seen a zipper spider? You can tell by their web because it's a big web, but it looks just like a zipper. They make a big web. And so when you walked into either banana spider web or zipper spider, you knew it. 
I mean, it was like it would kind of pull you back if you're going on a trail and winning one. But what was really funny is to watch people at a distance run into the web. You know, you'd be walking at a park or, a, you know, some trail and you see a person off the distance and out of nowhere you see them go, ah! And it was like a spider dance, you know? And sometimes when we get in fear and anxiety, we do the spider dance. And you, you think everything's normal, everything's okay, but people are watching you like when we lose our peace and we get into fear and worry and anxiety, it's like, man, you are acting strange. You're, you're acting weird. What are you talking about, you know? Don't you know what's going on? Don't you know what just happened? And, and we get in that. And I'm going to read a lot of scripture this morning, and there's something about scripture in and of itself that can bring a peace. And here's a verse, Luke 21, 26, out of breath from the spider dance. <laughs> Men's heart failing them from fear and the anxiety. That's a better translation than expectation, but this anxiety or worry of those things that are coming upon the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. And that's how bad sometimes that scared stupid can do. Sometimes just being scared can kill us, take life out of us. This year, 2020, there's been a lot of worry. There's been a lot of anxiety. Almost so that the results of the fear and anxiety have been worse than the COVID itself. You know, depression at all-time high Suicide has drastically taken a jump forward. Divorce. Usually during, uh, I was reading several articles from lawyers that usually during Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's a slack time, but they're busier than ever because a lot of people say, let's wait, get through the holidays before we talk about anything. A lot of people, nope, we're going to deal with it now. And lawyers are very busy right now. And then just the loss of business and people that have put 20, 30 years into a business and broken hearts and they're losing it. And a lot of it is this result that we've lost peace. We've lost peace. Everyone's kind of on the defensive. Everyone's kind of hunkered down. No one's doing anything offensively. Even the church, you know, there's a tendency to, to pull back just because of fear. And in the story, the arrival story, the Advent story, we see a young couple facing many things that could bring great fear. Matthew 1, 18, let's start there. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded. Say the word minded. His mind was active. Fear and anxiety will get you thinking. How many times do you have stuff going on in your head where you're concerned, you're trying to figure stuff out? It starts there between the ears. He was minded to put her away secretly, but while he thought, there's a lot of thoughts going on about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Don't lose peace. Don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine the fears? I mean, you're fixing to get married, you know, I don't know how long it was, maybe a couple months away, and you find out that your fiance is pregnant and other people know about it. 
Do you think that might cause a little thought? A little bit of the mind going, a little spider dance kind of trying to work its way in there? But angel shows up and says, hey, here's the way you should go. He brought light to the situation, and all of a sudden, Joseph came up under God's plan, under God's light, and there was a peace moving forward. Just a, just a little bit longer after the child was born, the wise men show up, and we read of this in Matthew 2, 11 through 14. And coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. They opened their treasuries to present him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned by another way. And when they had gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape. That's a pretty strong word. You know, you need to escape. You need to move quickly to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up and took the child and his mother during the night, and they left for Egypt. You know, he gets his stash of money. Most dads know this very well. Sometimes when money shows up, before you can think of how to spend it, something shows up. And so he's probably wondering about this stash of treasure. Before he has time to think about it, he, you know, angel shows up and says, you need to escape. I, I imagine fear could happen then. But the angel brought that peace that God's made a way. Here's this stash of money. You're going to have to go to Egypt, and this is going to take care of you while you're in Egypt because they're not going to give a Hebrew a job around there. This is going to take care of you. Follow me. And he got in God's presence, got in that light, and he walked forth in peace. A little bit later, 2.19, they had been in Egypt. And uh, we read this in uh, uh, Matthew 2.19. And Herod died, and the angel of the Lord appeared to a dream. Again, we're seeing all these angels. That's why it's called the angel candle. And Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those that are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and they went back to the land of Israel. Again, there could be great fear. Hey, you're going to move back. You're going to set up a new house. You're going to, you know, you're, you're on a move, a change. And, and, and there could have been fear. There could have been worry. How, the, how is this going to work out? Is Herod out of the picture? What about his son? What could take place? And again, the angel, you know, encouraged him. And there's this peace. There's this light. There's this, hey, you're in the Father's plan. And they move forward. Mary also was in a very similar situation with fears and worries. Luke 1, 26, the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wonder what kind of greeting this might be but the angel said to her do not be afraid don't lose your peace God's with you Mary you have found favor with God you will conceive and bring forth a son and you'll call his name Jesus and he'll be great he'll be called the son of the most high basically don't be afraid don't do stupid stuff when we're afraid when we walk out of the peace of God, to be honest, sometimes we do stupid stuff, crazy knee-jerk reactions. Sometimes in fear, when we jump back, we get more injured from jumping back than if we would have just stood there. How many people have experienced that, you know? It's kind of like someone comes up to the edge of the cliff and they push you, and then you jump away, and that's all you remember, you know, and you're in heaven. You know, you know things like that take, take place. And then... Um, 
Luke 2, 8 through 14, we read the story that Tyler read last week. There were shepherds living in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. You know, not only can we be afraid of circumstances, but sometimes when God shows up or angel shows up, it can be a scary thing. But the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings that, that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the uh, town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He will be assigned to you. You will find the babe wrapped in a cloth lying in the manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth and on earth peace say peace to those whom his favor rest two things this story tells me one is we need to understand that fear is an option there's that option and a lot of people choose that option but we get a glimpse that not only when we walk with the Father in the light, there's a way, but we realize that Jesus is that way of peace. He's come to bring, bring peace into the earth. Uh, there's an Old Testament story I wanted to share. I, you probably know this story, 2 Kings 6, 15 through, um, 15 through 17. And it, it starts this way, when the servant, the man, got up, uh, the man of God got up out early the next morning, the servant of the prophet got up and when he got up, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. You know, this was Elisha. They were in a city. And, and so the servant gets up, looks out the window, and he sees all these horsemen of the enemy. And I don't think he just said, oh, my Lord, what shall we do? But he said, oh, my Lord, what shall we do? I mean, he was really excited. And here's Elisha just seeing him bounce around doing the spider dance. And he says, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those that are with us are more than those that are with him. And he's still dancing around, just doing the spider dance. And Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw the hills filled with horses and chariots of fire of God. And all of a sudden, that big army that he was scared of looked really small in the sight because he knew God's big enough to handle this. I want you to say that. God is big enough to handle this. Say it again. God is big enough to handle this. What about COVID? God is big enough to handle this. What about a new president? God is big enough to handle this. And we need to say that. We need to hear ourselves say that to realize that we're not alone. It's interesting in the Bible, 300 times angels show up, twice as many in the New Testament. And angels, when you look at it, I'd love to do a teaching on them. They basically show up kind of like as peacekeepers for God. They show up for protection. They show up to help us, sometimes unaware that they're there to, to help us, uh, sometimes to guide us, help guide us. We've seen the New Testament, even with the preaching of the gospel, they did not preach the gospel, but they would show people where to go, and they'd lead missionaries sometimes. You need to come over here or not go there. Uh, there are warnings not to worship angels, not to seek them out. Uh, they are not teachers of the gospel. We're warned that if an angel shows up and teaches another gospel, 
they're accursed. But angels are there for that purpose, to protect us, to watch over us. And, and I'm amazed how many people have an angel story of something that happened in their life and they think, I should be dead right now. I should have died there, but something protected me. I see some of you nodding. I remember we had one. We went on a trip uh, from uh, Bradenton, Florida to Jacksonville and to Tulsa. And um, as the Brooks tradition is, we always leave super early in the morning. We pulled out of there at 3.30 out of Bradenton, went through Palmetto. And this this is many years ago when Florida wasn't developed. I-75 wasn't there. And we got to the last town before we went out into the boonies. And it was just a little bitty kind of boarded up town and we took a right, and at the last, right before we got to the last street light in that little bitty town, my Toyota Corona just started bucking, hacking real strong, and it just completely stopped, and I couldn't start it. Just could not start that car at all. And so my dad says, well, I'm going to go back into this town. We're just a few blocks away and see if there's anyone to help me. So my dad goes back into town, and in just a few minutes, he shows up with this guy, these two guys, great big truck, great big guys get out they had a great big dog and somehow they had lights in the back of their truck shining on my Toyota and I'd been there you know messing around this was when cars were simple and you could kind of see stuff there weren't all the all the stuff in there you see the engine and it was just engine transmission battery and so I checked all the lines everything were there they came and one of the men said get in the truck because I want you to start here in just a few minutes and so they came and I'm watching what they're doing so I'm kind of looking at that little gap where the hood's at I'm looking around and they relatively don't do anything they're just touching a few things and the guy said start it up and so started right up the guy walks back to me he says when you get to Jacksonville check it out I think it's your fuel pump and 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 it, it was running so I didn't really think about it they didn't even mess with the fuel pump we drive to Jacksonville and all of a sudden it starts chug-a-lugging again and it cuts out right in front of this mechanic and we ask can you help I think it's a fuel pump and he says oh, it's really weird I have a fuel pump for one of these right here today I normally don't no time at all he fixed it and then we began talking there were guys eating breakfast because that's where my dad says they were eating breakfast there in the little little place in that town. Lights were on and those two guys were in there. I says, they were eating breakfast at 3.45, 4 o'clock. And it was really weird when we drove back through, that town was boarded up. There was, the restaurant was boarded up. And we always wondered, did God send a couple angels to help us and and that's what 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 we see they show up sometimes to protect us to help us Jesus in the most critical time in history at his death he shares this in Matthew 26 53 do you not think I can call my father and at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels for those that want to track that number that would be 72,000 I right now I could call 72,000 angels but I choose to lay down my life the psalmist talks about angels uh, psalms uh, 91 9 through 3 i say to you the lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling and no harm will overtake you no disaster will come near you for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways it doesn't say we won't have trouble or we don't want to have problems but his angels are there if we walk in his his paths and if we're under his refuge then uh, they will lift up their hands so that you you will not strike your foot against the stone you will tread upon the lion the cobra the alligator the water moccasin the banana spiders and trample the great lion and the serpent there's a safety when we walk with God. 
And uh, it, it does qualify that when we're under his sh- shadow. Isaiah 48, 17 and 18, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God. I teach you what is best for you. I'll, I'll show you that way. I'll give you that light who directs you in the way you should go. If only, and this was his heart broken, the Father's heart, if only you had paid attention to my commandments, your peace would have been like a river and your well-being like the waves of a sea. I don't know if you've ever been near the sea, but man, you sleep so good when you hear those waves rolling up from the ocean. It just, I mean, people pay big money to, to have those ocean sounds to, to sleep at night by. There's a peace, and God makes that. It, when we get in the way, when we get in the way of Jesus, when we get under the shadow of the mighty, where we're real diligent to say, God, what should I do in this situation? Which way should I go? Because I want to walk with you. It's a choice. There's a choice. We can either choose fear terror anxiety and worry and we can just say i'm just a great warrior or we can just run from that and say hey i'm gonna abide in peace jesus jesus puts it this way in john 14 27 peace i leave with you my peace i give to you not as the world do i give it to you in the world you will have tribulation don't be afraid um the world's always tribulating you can turn on the nightly news and man, you can get afraid. Have you, have you ever done that? You can be having a great day until you turn on the news, until you hear a negative report, until you start getting minded about stuff, until you start giving thought to stuff and it starts messing with you. Philippians 4, 6 is a classic New Testament scripture that, that Paul teaches us not to be anxious about most things. It's, oh, anything. Oh, that's interesting. But in a few situations every situation with prayer and petition uh, with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transists all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus and we see this pattern that when, when things come on we quickly filter out the fear and we find the peace we quickly say God I'm gonna have to put this in your hands I'm not gonna worry about it and it says with thanksgiving I, I want to put something up here just that maybe might spur something in you remember to thank I know I know we really want our kids to t-h-i-n-k sometimes they're not thanking but just as important we need to remember to thank when we pray begin to thank God for what he's done in the past the times he has come through and all of a sudden it's amazing how fast your mind and your body can come out of that spider dance until you get in that river of peace there's a big difference. I remember walking the dog out just about a week or so ago, and I was kind of in that spider dance. I was giving minded and thought, and it was just like, I don't know how I'm going to handle all this. Everything's come from every direction, just trying. And it was like I had great worry and anxiety, but on my walk, I began praying and turning over to the Lord. And I got a long driveway, and on the way back, I said, I need to thank God. And I started thanking God for everything and what he had done in my life and all of a sudden it was like when I went out I was kind of spider dancing with the dog and the dog was helping me to spider dance but on the way back I find this peace completely different and I was like I was coming in on that that peace river um, and then I, I thought about the definition of peace I, I thought maybe end of the message maybe give a definition of peace and I said and well peace is the absence of war I says I can't say that it's more than that but then I said, that's a pretty good description. Peace is the absence of war. Because when you don't have peace, man, there are bullets flying around in your brain. 
I mean, you feel like you're being hunted. You feel like life is closing in on you. There's no safe place to go. You don't want to do anything constructive because it will probably be blown up. There's a war going on between our ears and in our heart that, that troubles us. It's like when we are always worrying and we're full of anxiety, we become like a third world country. We never really develop. We never build anything. We never journey with God because we're so full of anxiety. We don't get anything done. Have you ever been there? It's, it's like a war. Something's going on. There's a battle in the head. And then I like this uh, last verse I'm going to read. Isaiah 55, 12 through 13. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. We need to design our life where we have that joy, we have that thanksgiving, and we walk in that peace. We walk in the shadow of the Almighty. We walk in the light of God. And it says the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. The trees and the fields, it'll be like they're just clapping their hands, praising God. Instead of the thorn bush, will grow up the juniper. Instead of the briars, will grow up the myrtle, will grow. This will be the Lord's renowned for an everlasting sign that will endure. God's promises peace if we choose to walk in his presence and to walk with him. And there's this big contrast. Either we can go through life doing a spider dance or we can get in that river of peace and just kind of get in that inner tube. We had a place down in Florida called Itchituckney Springs and it's this long, clear, beautiful thing, beautiful scenery. You get these big inner tubes, you sit back there and you just sit back and just the current provides the energy and you just go through that river and it just gets more and more beautiful as you go down that river. And some people, when you walk in peace, they'll get upset. Well, I'm not worrying about that. Well, you need to. You need, I mean, like, do the spider dance with me. It's the most popular dance of 2020. You've got to do it. No, no, I'm just, man, I'm just enjoying this peace and just walking with, you know, life is just so good. No, it's not good. Did you see this? Did you see that? Did, you know, everything's falling apart. Oh, I'm just choosing peace. It's a choice. And it's a choice. It's an adjustment that we can make right here this morning. Some of you, I mean, you are really good at the spider dance. I mean, you, you have won awards in your family at the spider dance. You're the one that freaks out the first and the most and the loudest. And can, you can stop that today. That should not be your heritage. Your heritage is peace. How do you do it? Just take that crazy worry that's just been at war in you and say, no more. I'm going to give this to God's hand because God is big enough. He's big enough. He gives his angels charge of it. He's taking care of this. I'm going to run to Jesus this morning. Make sure things are right. And I'm going to start. I'm going to remember to thank. And I'm going to start thanking God this morning. And there's some of you right here. You came in. You've had a hard time seeing straight because you've had so much worry over situations you can straighten that out and you can find that peace. And when you're at peace, man, things start to happen. You start to get stuff done. It becomes a productive time in your life. Will you stand up? We're going to sing two songs, give you twice as much time to get this right with God. And I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to do that. As you hear these songs and you thank God, I believe things are going to change. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for peace. And dearly Father, I pray that you help us 
to practice turning off the worry and the anxiety and coming back under your shadow in your light and jump up in your arms if need be and walk in peace. Amen.